Thank you all for listening to this episode of Last Born in the Wilderness. If you'd like to find out more about this project, you can go to the podcast website, lastborninthewilderness.com. Everything you need to know about this project can be found at that website. If you'd like to support the work that I do with this project, you can go to the podcast Patreon page that is at patreon.com slash lastborninthewilderness. You can make very small monthly contributions through that site, and by doing so, you can gain early access to the content of these episodes a week in advance. To those that are already contributors to this podcast, once again, I thank you very much for your contributions. Without any further delay, on with the episode. This is the second episode in a series of interviews with individuals who, whether they officially or not fall under this category, are refugees. These episodes are done in collaboration with Cynthia Jones, Artistic Director of the Inspirata Dance Project, for an upcoming production that will feature segments of these recordings. In this episode, Cynthia and I speak with Milica Bobovich, Associate Professor of Art at the College of Southern Idaho. Milica discusses her personal experiences with the social and economic disintegration in her home country of Serbia, formerly a part of the Republic of Yugoslavia. Milica describes how her and her husband left their home country and made their way to the United States, where Milica eventually settled in Twin Falls, Idaho, and took up a position at the College of Southern Idaho, where this interview was conducted. In this episode, Melitza also discusses the impact trauma has had on her art and how producing art has helped her work with the traumatic memories she carries with her to this day. 
I would like to thank Melissa for being open and sharing her experiences for this episode. I understand that it's not an easy thing. It's a difficult thing to discuss these subjects with others, and particularly when it's being recorded and put online for the world to hear. So for her to sit down and discuss this with us is something that I'm very grateful for. So I I want you all to sit down and pay attention to, to what this woman has to say about her life and her experiences. I think, if anything, listening to these stories can help develop understanding and empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Cindy Jones and I are doing this. Is it Cindy or Cynthia? Because I well, get confused. Cindy's great. Cindy's, yeah, okay. Cynthia is my given name, but... Um... Okay. I love Cindy. Cindy too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've always yeah. called you Cindy. Yeah. And you are the, you're behind the Inspirata Dance pro- Project. Yes. And so we've already done um, one interview. One, we've recorded one conversation with um, Sam Colum, um, who's a ref, who's was a refugee and came to Idaho to the um, refugee program here in CSI. Right. <clears throat> and really great conversation and so we've been trying to get more people um that have had these experiences mm-hmm. to talk as openly as they want to as as honestly as they want to whatever they feel comfortable talking about and then it'll be incorporated into your um, upcoming dance performance that's that's coming up Correct. this not, year no um, maybe we not have another show <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay yeah we have another show we're working on right now this project um I'm not sure when it's going to hit the stage. It really okay. depends on okay. all of our stories and yeah. gathering gathering all of that first and putting it together. I'm hoping for next year mm-hmm. or okay. for fall of this year or spring of 2019 mm-hmm. that we'll be ready. That's cool. Yeah. I well, hope. give yourself plenty of time. <sighs> you know, that's good because, I mean, you don't want that coming up too soon. Right? No, and it, and it needs to not be rushed. It's, I think important that all of these voices and stories come together in the right way mm-hmm. and uh, so I don't want to rush that mm-hmm. at all um, yeah. so I haven't really put a firm deadline <laughs> well it's it's also it's very to be very respectful you know absolutely and understanding and just mm-hmm. let let it happen if it's supposed to happen mm-hmm. you know um could you please tell us your name Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I even have to ask. But... It's Milica Popovic. I'm originally from, well, I was born in the former Yugoslavia. Okay. Which no longer exists. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same country as the previous uh, mm-hmm. refugee, Sama, uh, Samra. Samra. Yeah. Uh, she's from Bosnia and I'm from Serbia now. And the country is actually called Serbia. Yeah. Uh, but before we immigrated, it was still Yugoslavia. So... Uh, before we came to the United States, uh, uh, should I just continue mm-hmm. to talk? Yeah, yeah. I was first an art student since the age of 15. Uh, mm-hmm. went to an art school for design and then art academy uh, for teaching and studio art. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an art teacher uh, at the end of the 80s and beginning of the 90s. And then the war broke out mm-hmm. pretty soon after I completed my education. Uh, and how old were you just, when that happened? I was uh, 27 when 27. all that okay. started. Yes, I was about my age. Yeah, yes. um, about 20. Well, almost 29 next month. Oh. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, that's that's you know same. I yeah, felt like years. life was just about to uh, be- begin. Dark. Yeah. And then 
everything fell apart. Yeah. Some may say systematically or gradually, but it felt like overnight. Really? It was really a big shock for all of us. I mean, we knew what was coming based on the news, media, and mm. all the, you know, backstage manipulative games between after Yugoslavia yeah. split and fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one really expected that kind of outcome. So yeah, it was uh, difficult from the get-go and confusing at first. Uh, you had six republics in former Yugoslavia, Serbia among them, and uh, suddenly none of them was able to find a way mm-hmm. uh, and really find direction politically, economically, mm-hmm. and uh, slow. There were a few. Slovenia was the first one to uh, you know, get out from the former Yugoslavia structure. But then it started with the religious war between three major religions there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bosnia was the main land for it. But all the countries or former republics were involved. Mm. Serbia among them. So even though we weren't in the middle of the war, many people, friends, uh, I remember my husband was drafted at the time, they went to the war, many of my relatives, uh, they went to the war, and uh, it was just awful. Mm. Uh, On our side, the country, Serbia was devastating completely, Mm. economically, so we were left without, for years, without uh, food, without electric power, without heating, you know, and mm-hmm. all necessary things for just basic existence. Yeah. Money was devaluated, like, overnight it was losing value. And it was just poverty all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the beginning of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we lived in, uh, my family moved to second large city in Serbia, now Novi Sad, in the 70s. So that's where I finished my school, art school, and I began teaching art there. Uh, but we also have an old family house in a small village where I was born. It's on a border with Romania. Do you still have it? We still do, yeah. We go there every summer. And... Um, I, in 1993, I just was not able to function in a big city. It was terrible, a complete anarchy. Uh, mm-hmm. Teaching was almost impossible. Kids were wild. And parents were taking care of existence. We were receiving probably $5 a month as a salary because of the mm-hmm. money devaluating. Is it a good word? Devaluate. Yeah, devaluating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the stores were completely without food. And uh, I, I'm not sure how we made it through those years. Mm. So I decided to spend summer in our old uh, the house in the village. And that's where I re-met my husband. We were born in that same village and... Uh, 
we went to school together, elementary school and kindergarten, but then he <laughs> went to Bosnia to study psychology. Mm. And when the war started, he was pushed to come back to Serbia. Uh, and he was a school psychologist in the village. So we immediately made a decision to <laughs> run away and escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We exchanged experiences and it was just impossible for both of us. So soon after we met, we decided, I stayed there and I was an art teacher in that small mm-hmm. village. So it was continuously difficult economically. We didn't have money. As I said, it was constantly cold, uh, no gas, no electricity. He was pulled to war for uh, maybe several months. So I was alone there. It was just terrible, mm-hmm. very, very unpleasant memories. And as I said, I, I'm not sure how we <laughs> went through. Do you that. have a hard time remembering the details of those, those emotionally? Ex- yeah, like um, I think sometimes when people have very difficult experiences, your brain yes, tends yes, to that, that's block what it I out. Said. It's, it's yeah. a certain amnesia after we came here. I probably subconsciously wanted to erase all the right. memories. Yeah. But it's part of my life and it helped us grow up. So after, <laughs> you know, when you look back, you actually perceive it as valuable experience. Yeah. That is just incorporated in structure of our existence now. So. Yeah, it's like a kind of a thing like you wouldn't be who you are now without Absolutely. those experiences, Absolutely. even if they were yes, yes, really difficult. Yes. You know, I think we say things like that and because that's a healthy, positive, hopeful way mm-hmm. to look at life. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I say that too, but mm-hmm. I cannot imagine having, saying that. Mm-hmm. And having, having the, that be part mm-hmm. of my background, I yeah, I think... Well, eventually we came out from that, our personal situation mm-hmm. as winners, you know. We, we have a pretty good life now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm able now to look back and uh, see in retrospective and say, it is a valuable experience. I wouldn't want, I don't want to live through anything like that again. I don't mm-hmm. think I would be able to f- fight or go through circumstances like that ever again in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. But it did make me a stronger person. I learned life. I know for sure that I grew up uh, through that process. And I, I learned life strategies you know how to survive how to exist it was mm. really about their survival mm. and not just there but it continued when we came here mm-hmm. we came to seattle that was our first destination and uh, without language uh, skills as i told you and uh, we had to work and survive from day one. There wasn't any help uh, provided to us because we were from a side in a world that was not really appreciated in Mm -hmm. this environment. And uh, it was just 
a struggle after years and years of struggling. Mm. Just to, you know, it was our life was degraded to below zero level, and then it took so long, so many years, and so much energy to get to that point that we we can see how mm. to build it up again. Yeah. But I think we were persistent and stubborn. <laughs> And I think a very important factor there was um, not being able to go back. Mm. When you cannot go back, there is a fire behind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, symbolically. Fire, not right. just because of the war, but all what I told you. You can't really maintain the thought of, this is so difficult, I cannot do it, so I'm going to go back yeah. to the source. It wasn't possible, so that actually pushed us. They, that gave us mm-hmm. the initiation to continue and, and so, fight for um, how, how did you land in Seattle? Was that a choice you made, or was it made for it you? It was uh, the number of circumstances. and uh, okay. my, Actually, my cousin from Bosnia was already there. Okay. I forgot to mention, uh, we... Uh, received green card, green cards, mm-hmm. two of us, when we were still in Serbia. So it took two years to go through that process. So we didn't come here as, you know, there is refugee status, we had green cards. But essentially it is the same thing, mm-hmm. if not even more uh, unfortunate because we didn't really receive any help that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Seattle already and they just sent us a letter of, of some kind of guarantee or we'll have a place to go. Mm-hmm. So we came with two suitcases and nothing else. Wow. Some money and started everything from... How did you uh, make your way to Twin Falls here? I, after working in Seattle as a security guard at Seattle Art Museum, <laughs> <laughs> uh, walking around the museum and learning slowly, uh, I decided, uh, I think... I did that for seven years there. Mm. And then uh, I slowly decided to go back to teaching. And the only way to teach, I wanted to teach college level, was to receive a graduate degree. So I applied at University of Washington and they accepted my portfolio, my artwork. Mm-hmm. But all the testing around it was, so imagine that it was the beginning of English. 2000s. Mm-hmm. It was TOEFL test, mm-hmm. which was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I passed the test, but uh, University of Washington is very, it's highly competitive school. Mm-hmm. So they had, uh, the, I heard, 300 candidates for the grad mm-hmm. school, and they accepted only eight. So I was waitlisted mm-hmm. in case someone, mm-hmm. but Seattle was a very popular place, still is. And it's a great school. I wish I had a chance to go there. But um, I applied at several other schools in the University of Idaho. Uh, in Moscow accepted mm-hmm. my work and they really wanted me there mm-hmm. so I went to Moscow I was shocked at first because it was <laughs> tiny mm-hmm. place Very tiny. Yes. but I met uh, shortly after I saw campus and I met with the faculty members they were so nice and just so mm-hmm. welcoming and warm and they really wanted me there mm-hmm. so I decided to do that and change Hmm. The status that I had in Seattle, <laughs> yeah. walking around right. museums, and that's how 
I ended up here. I mean, I went, I was in Moscow for three years. Mm-hmm. Had a great time, never regretted yeah. going there. And then in 2005, I went back to Seattle, looked for a teaching job, but it was yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. There are teaching jobs available. I mean, people who have them there, they never leave <laughs> because it's precious. <laughs> right. I don't blame them at all. And then this position opened, so I think they asked for a recommendation from U of I, mm. among other places, mm-hmm. and I heard about it, and mm. landed yeah. here. Yes, I was really I lucky really to lo- have you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm lucky, actually, my life improved. <laughs> it's hard to be separated from my husband. He has, he's a web developer now in Seattle, and he has a great job there which was a bit hard to find here. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm you make it very work. happy with... We make it work, yes. Mm-hmm. We learn, as I said. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the uh, good things about our entire experience. We, we learn to compromise. We learn to live that way and mm-hmm. really take from life best things and deal with what's not really... Mm-hmm. you know, up to <laughs> level. And just... You talked about being lucky, about being here, and I think um, you prepared yourself to be lucky. <laughs> if mm. that makes any sense. It's, I think mm. you, you know, you, you kept, even when you were a security guard, you mm-hmm. were working in a museum yes, surrounded yes, yes. by art, which yes. is what you do. <laughs> and yes. Pretty sneaky. Yeah. Well, you know what I <laughs> no, mean? No, no, it's great, you just, though. You keep putting yeah. yourself... Mm. Um, in positions and yes. places where you're doing what you're passionate mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. and luck happens I mm-hmm. but you're prepared for it because yes. you've worked for it and, yes. and I think we that's a beautiful good thing less pleasant jobs you know meatpacking industry oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, cleaning restrooms and mm-hmm. but slowly all that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thanks to nice people and people who understand here or in mm-hmm. Seattle and who really helped us yeah. be where we are today. Yeah. So it's been 20 years, and I can say with certainty that life is much, much better thanks to CSI. Good. good to hear that. Yes. How does, when you produce art, when you produce your mm-hmm. your artwork, how does your experiences, your, obviously your life is going to be channeled through those mm-hmm. pieces. Um, how do you... I guess maybe two questions is how is it represented in your art um, and and what it, does the art actually um, help you help. To help with the experiences that mm-hmm. you've had and processing them, dealing with them. You know, I wanted sure. to kind of ask you what your thoughts yes, were on yes, that. Yes. Yeah. It is embedded, but uh, back in the days when I was in Moscow, I think my professors wanted me to almost literally illustrate mm. Mm those, you know, life experience, I mean, war experiences and stories. But I decided to take a different route or I was almost forced emotionally within. I didn't want to remember. So my art was uh, purely abstract those years. Mm-hmm. Minimalist, those drawings that you have in COVID, those were um, produced those years. So I really didn't have, uh, didn't want to have any contact with that reality, mm-hmm. and remember or uh, make 
conclusions about those years through my art. So it was completely abstract, right. non-objective. Yeah. But I think that's also that was also a statement. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Making a statement about that time is not only possible through realistic imagery. Mm -hmm. I think uh, this that that work reflected actually represented my emotional state, mm -hmm. which was kind of nihilistic. Is yeah. that a good word? Nihilistic. Yeah. Nihil yeah. Maybe fractured even. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, the recent work, those examples that I showed, dealt with, um, after my mother died, uh, I lost many, many people due to, you know, uh, the illnesses that were caused by so many years of suffering. Many of our friends are dead or some killed in the war. Uh, drug addiction. Yeah. And... Uh, after she passed, which happened suddenly, I was fortunate to see her. We, we flew there. I don't know if you... I think you just started to work mm -hmm. here. Uh, I think I turned back to recalling the roots. So those uh, in, in, installations uh, are more about illustrate that time or those elements, those aspects of my life. So it is currently about kind of trying to reconnect to the source and uh, I do talk about, it's still <laughs> a joke, but I do talk about retirement and trying to find a way back. Mm -hmm. uh, we will eventually move back because I really want to end my life there one day. Mm. It's a very deep internal feeling. Uh, everything else scares me, you know. The thought of, you know, being open and mm -hmm. staying here is just different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I believe there is a circle, or there is a way back. And since it's not going to be anytime soon, art helps tremendously in that process. Mm -hmm. It keeps me grounded. It just it helps uh incorporate all the elements that I'm dealing mentally and emotionally. Mm. And uh, it is, it has always been the best expression, the best way for me to, you know, tell my story or mm -hmm. share with the outside world. But I think it helps me very much just mm. maintain my own <laughs> sanity, if I may say. Yeah, does it, I mean, is there, are there other issues that come up? that can't be really um, remedied by art or is it, or is it something that you can pretty well, um, I don't know how, I don't know how severe this feeling you have is, or this, you know, trauma that you've experienced. Um, but I mean, I think there's, I, I just, I just wonder, is that enough? Does the art like fill you in the way that you need? Does that make sense? I think, yes. So I understand. I think what cannot be compensated through that process, it it gets really close to that, but the loss of mm. people mm -hmm. and the disconnect that I talked previously. My husband and I both lost our best friends mm. very young, relatively young age. I think many people died due to the horrible stress those years. 
And I mean, even if you take that more lyrical approach, poetic, and you keep those people in your memories, it's not really, they'll never be back. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the moment where I can on mm-hmm. compensate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just, I guess it's, um, I think that those experiences, we try to pretend like we can cure or we can completely mm-hmm. heal from them, but I think maybe what life does yes, instead is find ways to adapt to that and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just incorporate it into your identity and who you yes. are and make it something it's something you'll never feel good about exactly mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. you know you can you can channel it into something yes. right yes, yeah that's good that makes makes any it, sense that is great yeah yeah well said and i'm mostly speculating i mean i have no personal experience with anything that you've that you've experienced in, in life and um but I'm just sort of projecting my own mm-hmm. ideas onto it, okay. if that's okay. That is, yeah, yeah, that's great. I think that I don't ever want to speak out of turn. You know, I never mm-hmm. want to be like, I think it's this. No, you know, I, I never that. want to be that way. I just want to let, I just mm-hmm. want to kind of get you to speak on certain things and, mm-hmm. you know, express mm-hmm. that that part of yourself if you're willing yes. to. So, you know, I appreciate you for talking about oh, that. Oh, I appreciate the empathy. empathy. And yeah. I think that's um, part of what this project we hope Mm -hmm. to do um, with all of the stories and and voices. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like life is often a puzzle Mm -hmm. and and even myself, I'm a puzzle and I have all these different pieces and parts that make up who I am Mm -hmm. and experiences in life that make up who I am. And um, now some of your experiences from sharing Mm -hmm. are becoming part of of me. And and I, I want... Mm-hmm. that so that that generosity mm-hmm. and empathy mm-hmm. can exist yes, yes. for you mm-hmm. um for everybody yes that and that means so in the much community. that means i can't even describe and express how much that means mm-hmm. there are ignorance in this world and people who take other people or events for granted and this is kind of like a soft blanket that doesn't happen. We don't have that every day. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. we keep everything zipped inside mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, just live life, basically. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, nice to, to have, you know, a chance to have this opportunity to, to share, even though that time has passed. Mm-hmm. And life is different now but just knowing that there are people in the community in this world basically who who are willing to welcome you who are willing to hear mm-hmm. that side of the story it it gives me always a great great feeling yeah i really highly appreciate it yeah. truly yeah my Thank whole you. heart Our yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> I don't know what else to talk. Is there um, anything else that you would like to share with us? Is or do you feel like you do you feel satisfied I'm, in your experience? Uh, with I, I am very satisfied. Okay. I think I was able okay. to. I hope I was able to de- depict the whole uh, yeah. that entire phase, which is more than two decades now, <laughs> almost three decades. Yeah. But 
it was a, a concise version of it, but I, yeah. I hope I was able to. I mean, give it the you know, I, I mean, I think to actually talk about what happened would mm-hmm. be, I mean, like what was happening geopolitically? Why was this that guy doing? You know, like mm-hmm. to talk about all the, the political background mm-hmm. of what was happening when in reality whole groups of people were suffering immensely yes, yes, because yes. of the decisions of certain people. And, yes, you yes. know, And I mean, I could maybe talk about that in the introduction if I needed to give some context mm-hmm. about the, the Serbian, the you know, collapse of Yugoslavia and the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. but for this, I don't think it's necessary to, to get mm-hmm. into that right now. But After all, personal stories are most important. And... That's what people understand the most. You, yes, know, you tell yes. you, People are driven by stories mm-hmm. and they understand things in narrative form. Mm-hmm. So telling people a story about what it's like to mm-hmm. be in that place at that time um, mm-hmm. gives people real understanding. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yes. Well, and I think stories touch us in places where we feel. Mm-hmm. And I remember the way people make me feel. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily always remember what they do mm-hmm. or say, but or their or their names even. Or their names. I don't remember yeah, people's no, names ever. It's terrible. I'll remember a face and go, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, you, but <laughs> I know you, but I don't know your name. Um, but I I I always remember how I felt mm-hmm. with that person, or how their story, or mm-hmm. somehow you know how they touched me, mm-hmm. and. Um, and yes, so that's what, mm. yeah. that your voice matters. is important yes. and your story yes. is important. Mm-hmm. And yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys. So much. Thank, thank you so, you much. so much for sharing it. Oh, it was my pleasure and uh, I really, truly appreciate it with all my heart. We're truly glad you're part of this community. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank it, you. It's actually a great place to be. So. It is. Thank you for listening to Last Born in the Wilderness. Have a wonderful week, and as a psychedelic bard, Terrence McKenna said, Take it easy, dude, but take it!